You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, kicking off a week's worth of podcasts, and we got some recapping to do. The Pelicans dropped their fifth straight game, this time 109-95 to the San Antonio Spurs. We'll recap that game for you, and then we're going to dive into some of the numbers and the play of the Pelicans during this five-game losing stretch. What has gone wrong? Why aren't they looking like the team... That was o or sorry four and o to start the year. It goes beyond Anthony Davis not playing in some of them and being injured and ineffective in the others. They've kind of lost at this time their identity that made them so good to start the year. Then of course we got a preview tonight's game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Finally, this road trip is going to end. The Pelicans can come back home and maybe play inside the Smoothie King Center will help them get off this skid. So a lot to cover in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So before we tip off today's podcast, if you're a new listener, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun so far this year, despite the now losing record, but this team when healthy looks very dangerous. We'll talk about that later in the week. So thank you all for tuning in if you are a new listener and getting excited for this Pelican season. If you've been me- been with me at any point in time over the past couple of years, I appreciate it as well. Thank you for your continued support. That's what really keeps this podcast free in five days a week for you. So let's look at the 109-95 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans on Saturday night in a game that probably no one was paying attention to because of LSU Alabama. But we still got to talk about it. Pelicans now four and five on the year. Didn't really look too good in this one, though. They did some things well. They finally limited turnovers a little bit more over compared to the past couple of games, having only 16 on the night. There was a lineup change to start this one. You had Drew Holiday in the backcourt, each one more as well, still without Alfred Payton. Then Nikola Mirotic, Anthony Davis, and of course the new starting lineup player here, Wesley Johnson, who was of course traded for before the season started. Didn't really pay dividends. He played 21 points, uh, 21 minutes, a little bit over that. Had just three points on the night. Did have five rebounds, but three turnovers isn't going to help his cause. He was minus one, and we're going to look at the plus minus a lot for this game. Miritich, 22 points on the night, 16 boards, just two of six from deep. He was scoring in other ways. You like to see that out of three-point shooters when they're having off nights. Anthony Davis in almost 40 minutes of play, 17 points, eight rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, two steals, five blocks. He looked springier, but his timing's off, and he only took 13 shots on the night. His usage rate when dealing with this elbow injury has been very low. That's a bit concerning. You'd like to see him kind of take over these games, and if he's not 100%, maybe it is best just to kind of keep him on the shelf right now. Take your lumps in these games knowing that it's a long season, and having him fully healthy and effective is a much better thing to do. Etwan Moore was pretty good on the night. Four of seven from the field, two of two from deep. A 11 points. He just gives you solid each one more minutes. There's nothing more you can say about that. Drew Holiday led all scores in this game. 29 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. He was 13 of 21 on the night. 0 for 3 from deep, but he was trying to attack and score at the rim, which is the 
best kind of Drew Holiday. You got to give it up to him for at least kind of stepping up the scoring wise in a game when the Pelicans really needed that. Julius Randle off the bench, 26 minutes, 10 points on the night, six rebounds. He was four of 12 from the free throw line. He's been struggling in, in a rut since those first two or three games. We'll look at that also later in the week. Why are things kind of changing for him and what's going on and why the Pelicans need that so much from him. For the other side of the ball, of course, you had LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan kind of do their damage. We said watch out for both those guys in the game. They each took, what was it, 21 shots, 24 shots, and they burned the Pelicans. But the Pels starters in this game really kept up with the Spurs starters for the most part. They didn't score well, but it was the bench where the Pelicans really got hurt. Patty Mills coming off the bench for the San Antonio Spurs in just over 28 and a half minutes, 4 of 7 from the field, 4 of Five from deep. He finished with 15 points, seven assists, and eight rebounds. Marco Bellinelli, former New Orleans player, and probably my most hated player just overall in the NBA. I don't like the dude. I can't really explain it other than just, you just, you know, sometimes you just don't like people. He's kind of one of those guys. 14 points for him on the night, six of 10 from the field. He was just one of three from deep. But both Patty Mills and Marco Bellinelli, this is their plus minus on the night and how much they hurt that Pelicans bench unit. Plus 24 for Mills, plus 26 for Marco. Bellinelli. That's where it happened. Julius Randle was minus 14 on the night, by the way. Darius Miller, minus 13. And Ian Clark, who played 18 minutes, was minus 17 on the night. Tim Frazier in just seven minutes himself, minus nine. That bench unit, the depth that we've heard a whole lot about, hasn't really manifested itself a ton so far this year, other than Julius Randle through the first two games of the year. That's going to need to get picked back up if this Pelicans team wants to continue to get back on track and get back to doing and playing the style of ball that they want to play. So the pace in this game was rather slow, just played with a pace of 101. And normally that means the Pelicans aren't playing their style of ball as my cat tries to climb up the couch here and onto my arms. And that really, really hurts. But here's the thing. Through the first four games of the year, the Pelicans actually had the number one offense, not just in the league overall, but also in the half court, meaning not really in transition. They were still able to score and score effectively in slower paced games when they weren't playing that running gun style that we know from them. That was not the case in this one. And the biggest thing that you see this from is the assist numbers. The Pelicans only had 22 assists on the night. They're not going to win when they're passing the ball that, I guess, minusculely and not getting the kind of numbers that they need to be um, and showing that the ball movement's there, the off-ball movement's there, and that you're scoring that way. So Pelicans not having great assist numbers. We're going to talk about that in the next segment coming right on up because when you look at some of their ranks and their numbers, it kind of tells a more complete story other than just eh, Anthony Davis isn't out there, Alfred Payton isn't out there, and that's why this team's losing. No, there's some other things. They're not playing smart ball, and we're going to talk about that coming right up. So before we look at those ranks, the Locked On Podcast Network is doing some pretty awesome things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, you guys need to follow Locked On NBA Net. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A-N-E-T, Locked On NBA Net. And you get all of the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NBA teams in one feed. It's amazing during a night of games. And if there's breaking news, you get the local perspective instantly just by following that. And you don't need to follow a ton of other people. It aggregates all of it for you. On Instagram, Locked On NBA Net is giving you guys the biggest stories in just one minute through the stories feed there on Instagram. It's amazing. You're on the go and something happens. Jimmy Butler's upset with the Wolves, which is probably the most 
most likely thing. It'll literally have a one minute clip from the local host of Locked On Timberwolves. Just a minute. That's all you need. And then we've got the longer cuts on the biggest stories in all of our feeds. So make sure you follow Locked On NBA Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, let's look at some of the numbers behind this recent Pelicans 0-5 streak that they're on, dropping the team's record to 4-5. and So we're splitting this up. Through the first four games, I have their ranks. Through their uh, last five games, I have the ranks. Let's look at the most recent five-game stretch first. And this is the last five games for all NBA teams where their ranks are. The offensive rating for the Pelicans during this time is just 105.7. That's 19th out of 30 In the league. For the first four games, they were number one with an offensive rating of 120.1, so about a 15 point difference per 100 possessions. That is a significant drop from 1 to 19 alone is not good. So you can see the problem here is the offense isn't playing like themselves. One of the reasons why is their offensive rebounding numbers. They have dropped from being top five in that to just 17th overall, grabbing 26.8% of their misses. This extends large, large into a larger thing where they went from 7th in rebounding to 16th overall in rebounding. Their e-field goal percentage has dropped from 6th in the league to 18th in the league. Right now, the Pelicans have an e-field goal percentage, and that factors in that 3s are worth more than 2s, of just 51.4%. During the four-game winning streak to open the season, they were shooting at significantly better, 55.3%. This is mainly when you kind of dive into the numbers and watch the film is the Pelicans aren't getting nearly as many shots at the rim as they were before. And without Anthony Davis and without Alfred Payton, it's a little bit to be expected. You have to figure you're not going to get as efficient looks and high quality shots at the basket like you do with those two guys who are elite at getting those and manufacturing those shots. But the mid-rangers have kind of been elevated here and that's leading to this decrease in E-field goal percentage, dropping the Pelicans from 6th to 18th. The other thing is the assist numbers, 10th in the league in terms of assist percentage going into the season in that four-game winning streak, 60.4% of all the Pelicans' baskets were assisted on. During this five-game losing streak, it's down to 15th in the league, 58.6%, so about a 2% drop there. Not what they want whatsoever. Then you look at fast break points. During the winning streak, they were averaging 13.1. That's even low for them, but again, as I just said, they were very effective in the half court and not even needing to play in the fast break to score the type of points that they wanted to score right now though they're averaging just 8.6 during this five game losing streak so about a difference of four and a half points right there then look at points off turnovers opponent points off turnovers and this is where things get really concerning during the pelicans winning streak they were giving up 16.9 points off turnovers to opponents it's okay Now, during this losing streak, that number jumps to 19.6, so about three and a half points more right there. That's because the Pelicans are turning the ball over at a significantly higher rate, and this is combined with the bad shot selection, the biggest problems going on with the offense. During the winning streak, they were turning the ball over on just 11% of their possessions. That was second best in the league. Right now, though, during this losing streak, it's 22nd out of 30, and they're turning the ball over on 15.7% of their possessions. That's a 4.7% difference. 
That's going to lose you some games when you combine it with all of the other numbers. Rebounding isn't great either. They've dropped to 12th in terms of defensive boards at 74.7%. We're a ton higher than that during the winning streak, but it's worth noting. So all of these things are dropping. Now, an ineffective Anthony Davis who hasn't even been in the games at times, yeah, you're going to see a lot of these ranks drop, but other guys need to pick up the slack. They're not doing it. And when you don't have Anthony Davis out there, you need to play very smart, efficient ball. The shot selection, the turnovers, that's not going to lead to wins in the absence of your best player. The rebounding is also a big issue. You need to grab defensive boards so that you can start a fast break and score that way. And if you're giving up opponents second chance points like they did against the Warriors early on, you're just going to get smothered that way and you're not going to get the defensive stops required to play your style of ball. I talked about it during the preseason and I said defense is just as important to this team as their offense is because they require the defense to create so many of the fast breaks and fast starts that they want to get out to that if you don't get those defensive stops, it doesn't matter because you're inbounding the ball. We've talked about how that kills this team and allows opponents' defenses to get back and get set. And then the lack of offensive rebounds hurts as well. You know, those are the easy shots just to kind of get put back and score in on. And usually when you see points per type of shot, it's on a tip-in or after an offensive board is usually number one where it's something like close to two. Well, if you're not getting those nearly as much as you were before, that's going to hurt your offense as well. So maybe this team, when Anthony Davis isn't playing effectively or isn't playing in the game at all, they need to crash the boards a little bit more, at least the offensive class, considering what they were doing. And maybe that's a way to kind of make up some of the points because you're turning the ball over a lot more in the half court. You're not getting out and running. And when you're turning it over, it's leading to your opponents getting some easy buckets as well. So it kind of is a double thing that compounds on itself and is definitely not what you want so until they get ad back healthy and playing his most efficient and effective style of ball and he's not and some of it's the the usage rate and maybe that elbows bothering him more or he's just trying to get his teammates more involved whatever it is it's not working and you need to change up the game plan when he's not out there or when he's not playing in the way that anthony davis normally plays so while all of those numbers are bad, the Pels do have a game tonight and they have a chance to kind of get off the skid and maybe reverse some of these trends. But before that, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned here right now on Locked on Pelicans. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their favorite podcasts. Our demographic is 98% males with more education and more earnings than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor Locked on Pels get a live read a mention in the open and the close of the show just email me it's locked on at gmail.com that's locked on at gmail.com so it's game day for your new orleans pelicans as they look to end this five game losing streak and also end this road trip that's been particularly brutal on them they're taking on the oklahoma city thunder a team that's kind of trending in the opposite direction compared to what the pelicans are they're four and four and in the playoff hunt here in the western conference i think everyone kind of expects them to make it they were zero and four to start but have won their last four to put them at 500 during that zero and four start they did not have Russell Westbrook for two of them. They're kind of a weird team that's in a little bit of a transition, still kind of figuring out some pieces. They lose Mello. They add in some other guys, but they're a well-coached team with guys who kind of know their roles and play those roles to perfection. We'll touch on some of the role players because I think that might be who are the big ones in this. But of course, the biggest guy that the Pelicans are going to play, maybe not the tallest, but the most impactful, without a doubt, Russell Westbrook. He's averaging 25.3 points per game, 8.8 assists, and 8.5 rebounds per 
game. He's having a pretty good year. So again, near triple-double status on all of this. His shot selection's a little bit better than years past, though not too great. And he still has kind of plenty of moments where you're just like, what are you doing? Particularly at the end of games. So maybe if it's close, that gives the Pelicans a little bit of hope. Paul George is, of course, still there after signing that new deal. He's averaging 22.6 points per game and 19.4 uh, field goal attempts per game. So not the most efficient score. He's also chipping in almost four assists per game and about seven rebounds. So he's kind of doing it all for them at that small forward spot. He's one of the better one-on-one scorers in the league, though you've seen him at times this year and their offense kind of devolve into this where it's just him kind of chucking and playing a lot of one-on-one. And you've got to hope that that happens against the Pelicans because at least it'll keep them in this one compared to when they're sharing the ball and running a more efficient offense, which isn't really always the case. And again, it kind of just devolves into just at times a shit show and very predictable type of scoring as the game goes on. Steven Adams is a beast down low. He's played in seven of their eight games. He's given you 13.4 points per game, 10.6 rebounds, along with 1.3 block shots. He scores efficiently around the rim. He also just looks terrifying, and he's going to be annoying to deal with. Jeremy Grant, who they signed to a big deal, not a big deal, but the mid-level exception, I think, a little bit over that. This year, there's other small forward. He plays power forward for him. He's a kind of a stretch forward, can do a number of different things for him. He's averaging 10.8 points per game, giving him 4.8 rebounds as well. He can cover ground on a lot of different positions. He and Adams are going to really take the bulk of guarding Anthony Davis in this one, and they kind of match up somewhat well. These are type two guys that can really give Anthony Davis trouble. I'd say Jeremy Grant's more of a threat at least in terms of him, if he's on his A game, because he can usually beat the slower-footed guys like Steven Adams. Jeremy Grant has some decent athleticism, could be a pain to have guarding Anthony Davis in this one. Off the bench, they've got Dennis Schrader coming over from the Atlanta Hawks in that kind of mellow trade that got mellow to Houston. Off the bench, he's kind of a, a spark plug for him, 14.6 point per game, along with six assists. He did start two while Russell Westbrook was out and looked pretty good for them in there, so he's been a nice addition leading that second unit. And that second unit is just filled with role players and they know their jobs. Alex Breens is the sharpshooter off the bench. Terrence Ferguson gives you some points. Patrick Patterson, who feels like he's been in the league forever, is averaging seven. Raymond Felton playing in the backcourt there as well gives you nine points per game. You've got Nerlens Noel, who grabs boards, plays defense, and protects the rim. And all of those guys know what their roles are. They fit their roles well. They can throw a lot of different lineup combinations at you that work very effectively. On the season, Oklahoma City is a pretty good rebounding team. They have the fourth best offensive rebounding percentage, middle of the pack when it comes to defensive boards. That's an area where you can beat them, but if you want to make things easier on you, be stout on the defensive glass if you're the New Orleans Pelicans. They don't turn the ball over really much at all while forcing opponents into making a lot of mistakes. They also play with a faster pace. It's going to be a tough game. Their offense at times devolves, and if you can force them to kind of play one-on-one and chuck the ball, you'll be in this one. But when they do pass it, when they do share the rock, they're a very difficult team to beat. They're not particularly great at shooting, so they're trying to score and get to the rim. And if they don't do it, and that goes again to that kind of chucking one-on-one isolation style, they're going to miss. And that's going to give the Pelicans plenty of opportunities to run, provided Steven Adams doesn't get an offensive board or a guy like Russell Westbrook doesn't get an offensive board, something like that. So there's ways... 
you can beat this team, but you've got to play smart. You've got to kind of play your style. Grab the board, go score that way because this is a pretty def uh, decent defense. They have a top five, top six defense, depending on where you're looking. So they can shut the Pelicans down if they're turning the ball over and playing that inefficient style. So this is a perfect game for the Pelicans to get off this 0 for 5 skid because they do match up somewhat well, but because of how these role players just know what they're supposed to do, you've got to be very disciplined against this Oklahoma City team. Maybe Anthony Davis with another day off is going to be healthy for this one and he's going to come out firing trying to prove that he's the most dominant player. It sounds like Alfred Payton's going to be out for this one unless they upgrade him from the injury report. We will see as the day goes on and certainly they could use him. But really this one comes down to just do your thing and let Anthony Davis be Anthony Davis. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans, starting the week off hopefully with a win for the Pels. Look, the Saints got a big win. Tulane got a big win. We don't need to mention the other game, and let's hope the Pelicans can continue the momentum for New Orleans sports teams here. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow to recap the game.